I do. And I don't. And another week has passed. The sun rises, and another episode of I Do and I Don't Show is, is born. Is born and exists on your uh, computer at whatever streaming uh, podcast service you use. It's an episode which features Kat Skinner and Joel Van Vliet as almost professional marriage advice counselors. Should I not use the word counselors? <laughs> Please don't use the counselor <laughs> word. Therapists. Therapists. And we're, we're not here- therapists either. <laughs> By under no circumstance should our podcast substitute actual therapy. We're entertainers. We are entertainers. Um, and we uh, take questions that you send to I do and I don't show at gmail.com and Facebook and Instagram at I do and I don't show. And we answer these questions uh, really, really well. I don't know what I'm talking about because Kat reads the questions. Mm-hmm. And then anonymity, using, keeping your anonymity. <laughs> anonymity. Keeping your anonymity, she'll bring the questions to me mm-hmm. and I'll, uh, then I'll answer them. And Kat will add a couple of things, but basically I am the one that carries the show. I'm more or less a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we ask the first question? Yes, yeah, secretary. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to call you my administrative assistant. I just feel like it's a That's so progressive sounding, of you. Better sounding title. Thanks, Joel. Um, dear Joel and Kat. Yes, babe. <laughs> That's what I call my administrative assistant. <laughs> Every time you show up, I just pat your butt. And, uh, <laughs> he, he does not do that. <laughs> it's never happened yet, but... Um, oh, I'm going to have a lot of explaining after this one. <laughs> Thank you for that. I've, I don't touch you. It's been really good up until this point. You I know? give you like, a, I give you a hug sometimes. I have not even had like a raised eyebrow yet. And now you just <laughs> fucked it all up, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to believe that you've shown up <laughs> for like 15 episodes now and I've pat your butt. No. I'm pretty sure as soon as that happens. That'll be the final episode. That's the end of the uh, of whole I do thing. And I don't. Joel would never do that. Anyway. I think that would be a question like that would come up. I am working with somebody <laughs> on a project, and for some reason he thinks it's okay to, to me. pat my butt. He's doing it in a good game partner sort of way, <laughs> but I feel that the, we are not playing baseball. there's a gender disparity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it fine for girls to pat each other's butts? No. Like, that's not fine no, either. No, you shouldn't touch anyone's butt without their consent. Like, even if they're all in a, like, play roller derby. I feel like they are the type of girls that are but then, patting each other's like, butts. I feel like they... That's the culture. A, well, I, oh, that's a tricky one. I'm not stepping mm. into that because there's there's some working cultures that should not remain as right. such. And not everyone is on board with the working culture atmosphere. I don't even think in roller derby now people are patting each other's butts unless... I wonder if it's just like, are we all okay with the patting of the butts? It if you're be. not okay with it, send me an email privately and, you know, we'll stop the pat, butt, butt patting. It might be. I, I think we should get some roller derby girls to weigh in on this because, and also hockey I know a guys, roller derby girl. Well, ask around. All right. Get I some will ask feedback her. on that. Um, but anyway, so first question first and it's question. not about butt patting. Yeesh. Dear Joel and Kat, I married the love of my life two years ago and try as I might, I just can't get along with his daughter. Uh-oh. She's eight and a real handful. 
I feel like nobody has ever told this child no. She's very rude in her tone with adults. She has an answer for everything, and the slightest upset sends her into hysterics. What's more, she seems to hate my guts, even though I refuse to discipline her or get involved when she's riled up. Mm. We see her every other weekend and a couple of nights through the week. We're trying to have a baby of our own, so I want to get her under control before she also starts to feel jealous. What do I do? You know, um, somebody, a friend of mine was dating a girl and she had a child and he noticed a lot of these behavioral issues, which I feel like sometimes come up when someone is from one of those broken homes. Is that bad to say? Broken home. Is that a wrong term now? I think it's archaic now. A little bit archaic? Yeah. But when their home's been shattered from divorce, <laughs> <laughs> I'll double down on it. Um, but when, you know, they're dealing with that, because is that, do you think that that's a true thing where kids are, react to those? 100% kids react to right. those. So that's what I think was going on with this other situation where the you know, and then someone new comes in there, yeah, you, you know, you might treat them like garbage as that child. Um, and he walked away from it because he was like, you know, if you can't get your kid under control and this is a, a nightmare now, I'm, I'm not going to sign up for that. So why wasn't, why didn't she think of that? Of leaving? Yeah, before their two years, I guess, love of my life. That's mm-hmm. a difficult thing to... But uh, does it sound like a parenting issue to you, Kat? It sounds like a parenting issue to me. Mm. It sounds like a parenting issue where people are not stepping into their parental roles. Daddy? No, this new person. What? Whoa, crazy, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I sympathize very much with this question because at one point I came into a family where there were two amazing kids already on the scene and I knew fuck all about being a parent and you've really given up on the not swearing thing I really have I I don't care I find it very liberating I love all the words especially the curse words so um I I didn't know anything about parenting and everything all interesting everything I thought I knew about parenting I had learned from the way in which I was parented which was largely good Mm -hmm. but also not good Mm -hmm. Because I had uh, a third parent in my family, which was my paternal grandmother. Well, this is bizarre because what I feel like you're describing is you becoming a third, a third parent. parent. So that should have worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. But it's amazing. The stuff that comes up from your own childhood when you are faced with a parental role with a child who means something to you. So I do feel sympathetic because I know how challenging it is to figure that out when you're like late to the game. Because parents, when they step into the journey of parenthood together, have some time to sit down and have conversations about their parenting style and the way they were raised and what they would do different and what they would do the same. And they also get to watch the evolution of the kid. What I always uh, got from my parents was a unified front. That's an excellent tactic. Being on the same page with things. So um, what you're saying, again, you throw in a third, in your case, third party, or in this case, it is kind of another third party. There might be four parties now, but how do you how do you have a unified front? It's very challenging, and even with the two. Even if it was two single parents mm-hmm. who weren't communicating well anymore, all yeah. of a sudden you have two separate, and that kids go haywire. Yeah, it's true, and it it's it was a huge challenge for us and our family to always have like consistency. Um, and I think it's a huge challenge for any parent 
to figure out consistency with whoever they are co-parenting. So when you jumped into this uh, relationship, mm-hmm. um, did you, you, you took on a parenting role? Like you didn't sit on the sidelines, you started parenting these children that were there prior to you? Well, it was a slow evolution towards that, I guess, but mm-hmm. it was also a unique relationship because it wasn't really a step-parent, it was a polyamorous relationship. So. Right, but what's that called then? If you're not a, a step parent, there's not a, a oh I get term I get the yeah. <laughs> but my it da- is kind my, of like a step parent yeah but the, uh, the the biological mother is still on scene yeah absolutely their bio mom is still absolutely involved so but in our family structure I never approached it and we never approached me as a step parent like I was an equal parent with the other parents in hindsight. I think maybe being a step parent might have been a smarter decision because it would have given me the opportunity to sit back and watch a little bit more, observe more about how to be yeah, that's, the kind of parent I want to be. I'm feeling uncomfortable, like just imagining <laughs> <laughs> having to, like you be having to be in that role, number one, like just like, ugh, like I've got to be somebody now. Yeah, I and have then to figure it out. if I was the kid, I would be like, who, who are you? <laughs> it's I true. have to brush my teeth. Who, why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. Mom, you know, yep. <laughs> this woman here is telling me to brush <laughs> my, do I have to, yes, you do have to brush your, yeah, can, but can you tell her to shut up about it? Like, <laughs> I don't need to hear it from you. Well, it wasn't quite like that, but yeah, all of us. You're a big sister. All of us that were trying to get our heads around a role that doesn't, doesn't really exist in our society. That's the book you need to write. Yeah. For the other three people. Yeah. That are <laughs> the polyamorous parenting book. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a really good idea. If you make it interesting enough, you know, it should be picked up as a series. I'm proud. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> I'm proud to say that I have grown into parenting in a much better way. Like, I don't feel like I have no clue what's going on anymore. But as a step parent, uh, you do have an opportunity to parent a child. And I think it's just your choice. Like, if you want to be on the sidelines, sure. But Provided that you have, you know what, I, I'm not even say you have a healthy relationship with the ex because I know a woman who has a very challenging relationship with her partner's ex and she wholeheartedly loves her stepchildren. Like she's completely made them her own and like is paying for their education at some mm. point, I think. She's gone above and beyond the step-parent role because to her, she's a parent first and foremost. Right. And there has been struggles to get on board because, you know, if you are stepping into that role, you do have to be aligned with how the other parents feel about certain things. And hopefully there's a cohesiveness, even though the family unit has changed in its structure. Um, but I was really stuck on this idea of get the child under control. Just like, like why? that's a wrong way of saying Why that? do you need to control a child? Yeah. Why would anyone want to be under I, I don't, control? I don't know if it's the child under control, but it's certainly these behaviors mm-hmm. and their animosity towards you. Yep. You have so, to, everyone has to address the behaviors that are not working. I feel like the attitude towards it should be like um, to love the child and do what's best for them. A hundred percent. And then, and then say, what does that look like? I kind of hate that term. Mm-hmm. Like, I just hate speaking. Like, what does that look like? You know, but <laughs> to kind of find that out. therapist speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess we are therapists. So <laughs> what does that look like? You know, and, you know, you can say to the, you can maybe even have these types of conversations where you go, like, I know you may not like me that much and we may not get along that much, but, you know, I'm here and I love, I, 
I mean, I don't know if she loves this kid. It doesn't sound like she does, and I guess that's where I'm taking issue. And that's probably where she's going wrong. Like, for two years, she's been in this child's life. I think that was the right number. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and, like, she's on the sidelines. She's not stepping into discipline. She's not getting involved when the child's in emotional distress. This kid's looking at her and, like, watching her take over part of her universe, take over her father's attention, and do, like, nothing in terms of reaching towards her. Yeah, she might just be being a little yin. That's a throwback <laughs> to uh, episode 13. But, um, but if you are being yin as a parent, you are warm and inviting, and okay, the child will feel Nurturing. like it can come into you. And be nurtured. <laughs> um, but she has to, I think, get yeah. on the mm. same page with dad. That's going to be maybe the first conversation because it's got to be like, okay, look, uh, we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. I've got to change my role in your child's life. Yeah. And I don't know what your attitude towards that's going to be. Yeah, Because of you kind of need that support. The parents, that her and her husband should be aligned. Yeah. In so this. what, how much parenting because the discipline thing you know I feel like it's it's yes that's definitely you want to be on it you have to be on the same page for that but you also have to know because if he's going to get up like don't don't talk to that you know what I mean like I don't Mm -hmm. know how the dad might react but um but yeah I feel like you got to like this kid or at least try to connect with them in a loving maybe nurturing but just in some way, like just connect. Yeah, like, like don't withdraw. Don't withdraw in the moments when the kid is acting out the most because that's when children most need guidance. Yeah, be like, I don't appreciate that. Like you can talk to kids like they're adults sometimes. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not a parent. But like I don't mean like going, <laughs> fuck you, you piece of shit, because that's how I talk to adults. But to <laughs> be like, um, hey, there's no reason to talk to me that way. Like I'm a person here too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't talk to anyone that way. It's mm-hmm. not even a parenting thing. It's just a human thing. Yeah. Don't treat people like this. Yeah. Do I do the, Do I treat you like that? Well, I think, like, there's a thing that happens sometimes, and I see less and less of this as parenting is evolving, but certainly in my generation, there's this idea that you're the kid, I'm the mm-hmm. adult. Mm-hmm. But that's so disrespectful. Like, there's no way that you're acknowledging all of the suffering and pain and frustration that the child is feeling if that's your approach to parenting. Right. You're the kid. I'm the adult. You got to do what I say. Well, it's the, what I heard for most of my life, which was, I told you, I mean, because I said so. Because I said so. And sometimes that one you have to use because there's context that they can't begin to understand because they're just not developed. And that's what I was going to say too, is that like. You are the parent, though, and they are the kid. Mm. So there's a there's this nuance. But there's a difference between being a parent and a child and being an adult versus child. Like somehow children deserve – children are obligated to respect adults just by virtue of the fact that there's an age gap. That's right. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I agree Like if someone's going to speak down to my son mm-hmm. and like be rude to him and he's going to give them back just as sassy a statement, yeah. why the hell shouldn't he? Yeah. I think. And like people, anyway. No, I, I think you're right. And there, there's like, of course, there's, uh, there's, there doesn't have to be a built in. I, I feel like it's like kind of respect people that are older. But if they show yeah. you a, a moment of like they're being idiots, because sometimes people just don't grow up. Yeah. Then you don't have to maintain respect because of no. the age difference. Exactly. But of course, there's so much to learn from people that have more experience than you. So also, don't sit there and go like, "Don't be I'm, rude. A, I'm ten. I can. I'm just as cool as you adults." Well, you're not. You're a ten year old. So shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, 
like there's a there's a balance there, Kat. You're never there? babysitting ever. That's fair. Ever. Um, not interested. No, I but... didn't think so. <clears throat> but yeah, I think they have to be a united front in how they're going to approach parenting, and she's going to need his support in guiding her through moments where maybe she isn't quite getting it as a parent right. or a parent figure. Uh, and that's so important to be able to talk about those moments with like vulnerability and openness mm. and accepting the fact that you don't really know as much as the other parent might because they've been doing it longer. Right. It's a really hard thing to do sometimes. And it's they've really... known this kid a lot longer than you have. You've yeah. known this kid for two years. Yeah, exactly. They've known them since... Forever. Fetal times. Since zygote days. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that she needs to take a more active role in this child's life because mm. can you even imagine how shitty this scenario is going to be for that kid when they do have a baby that gets to be oh, with yeah. daddy all the time versus yeah. half the time and that this woman is naturally going to probably feel a very different connection with just because yeah. there is difference in that dynamic. It's just not going to be good. Try. Try harder. Try harder. Learn some things Do about better. parenting. Get to know this child. Mm-hmm. Get to know this child in her difficult moments. What is she asking you for when she's backlashing or acting in a way that you think is inappropriate? Yeah. What does she need? Maybe make up a scenario where you also had the exact same problems. You know, just lie a bit and just be like, yeah, I know. I went through this too. <laughs> Find fake common ground or whatever, and then uh, <laughs> kids, kids, they're stupid. They don't know when you're lying. Oh, kids know everything. Kids know more than adults, I think, sometimes. Do we feel like we answered that question? Yeah, she just needs to talk to the kid a bit more. Okay. <laughs> Learn how to be a parent. Um, okay, question two. That was from last episode. Hang on. Here we go. My new husband and I, all these new husbands, my new husband and I dream of a life of travel. The problem is I have a young son who's under the age of 10 from a previous marriage, and I split time with him 50-50 with his dad. I can't imagine being away from my son for any great length of time. Two weeks would feel like agony at this point. Maybe it's because I'm still adjusting to losing so much time with him due to the separation. His dad and I have a good relationship, and I'm sure he'd be comfortable with my son traveling with us, but I can't see him giving up much time with our kid either. Is this something I need to get over? How can I make sure that my new husband isn't robbed of the life he dreams of? Like, it sounds like you can communicate with the the other husband. The new husband. The new husband. The old husband. The old husband and the new husband. And the new husband. But if you say to the old husband, okay, look, we're going to take him for an extra week and then you'll get him for an extra week. What's wrong with that? Why? Like, if it's, let's say it's 50 50, let's say it's week to week. Do, do you get him for two weeks and the other one get, like, are they not able to, like, in lieu of? Yeah, I don't know what their exact custody anyway, share is. it sounds is. like that that's not a possibility. It seems like a logical solution. I think, I, I guess the question is, like, mm, how much time do they want to actually travel with the kid? Like, if she wants to take the kid well, on a trip. it sounds like that's a not even that much of a possibility because he... Because neither of them want to give up the amount of time. But they, they shouldn't have to give it up. They should just be able to trade it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like so stay, take the child for the entire week versus like a couple days here and there. Yeah, and like then, trade off the time. Then the next week I don't see him for a week. And if you just trade off time, that should be a solution. But let's imagine that's not a solution. a solution because it sounds like they don't like that because she's kind of put the kibosh on ideas of trading time within the question. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I guess her new husband has to uh, travel on his own. Yeah, it seems kind of sad, doesn't it? I mean, she could... If trading time is not an option with her ex, why didn't why couldn't she travel for a week with her new husband and then come return earlier so she's away from the kid less? Oh, like if they, yeah. Like if they want to go on a three-week vacation or her husband wants to explore some part of the world for like much longer than a week because yeah. you just need that kind of time, could she go for part of it? Right. And be part of that experience? Yeah. Or and then, the early part or the later part. Mm-hmm. And then like having having gone on a trip without the child, she can then feel what that's like and then decide if she wants to spend her time back at home with the kid mm-hmm. or traveling and learning right. about the world. And by the way, you know, wherever you're going, uh, there have got to be places that you're like, eh, I'm not that interested in going there, but he is. He's you know, super like, into it, yeah. Well, I'd love to see the Louvre, but I don't really care to go to one of the other things. Is that in Paris? <laughs> yes, yes it is. Good job. But the, Eiffel, but the Eiffel Tower doesn't really do much for me. So just be like, hey honey, we'll go to Louvre together and then you can do the Eiffel Tower when I'm gone. Yeah. You know, like do stuff like that, you yeah. know. The Moulin Rouge, you know, that's something he might enjoy by himself, you know, with mm-hmm. all the strippers or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a good solution to just, you know, do things separately. But I don't think she wants to do that. I think she wants to have her cake and eat it too. Well, there's got to be some sacrifice here because she entered into a marriage with someone who she knew planned a life of travel. Right. So she's going to have to like cut the cord at some point with this kid. I mean, the best solution really is to make a new baby that is just theirs. <laughs> and take the baby Take with the them. baby and just be like, I don't really miss the other one. I got this new one oh, with me. Oh, I don't think it works like that though. But don't tell the other kid because they're going to freak out according no. to the last question. No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll be easier when the child is older too. Like, I don't know if that gets easier. Is it ten? A ten-year-old? He's under ten. It He's sounds under like. ten. So you got eight years of uh, trying to navigate this one. What about <laughs> trips that, like, where does your husband want to go? Like, is yeah. it is it important that Could you go, on you a go to trip? Europe? Yeah. Do like okay, we're just gonna do four days because we only have four days. Mm-hmm. You know. Look, this is uh, annoying because we don't have... Can we get her on the phone? <laughs> Call her. <laughs> what's the problem exactly? Like, can't you guys just do the week-to-week thing? Like, what's the big deal? I just think, like, I think some people would be tempted to just shelve the idea of travel until the kid was older, and I think that's a really bad plan mm-hmm. because you might They're die. They're going to be too... <laughs> <laughs> or... Because full stop, you might die. But it's true. You might. Yeah, you might. I was going to say you might just be too old and tired to travel that to much. To appreciate it in the same way. But then again, you might... Uh, you might just die. Accu- you might die. But you might accumulate a bit more money, buy more better camera gear. Get more travel points. Get more travel points, and then you can do a lot of traveling when your kid is uh, finished. But also, you know... <laughs> finished. Yeah. You, finished kidding. By the way, you know, if this kid's under 10, we're I said like eight years or whatever. By the time the kid's 15, he can choose where he wants to live. And you can be like, hey, we're offering 13. a life of 13? Mm-hmm. 13. So this is like three or four years. You have to <laughs> do this dance. And then you go, listen, Kevin, this is your kid's name. Kevin, we're going to take you all over the world if you just <laughs> live with us or, exclusively. Or you can terrible. sit on the couch and watch Netflix with your dad. Which that's one is it? terrible. And he's like, well, I really like Netflix. You, we'll, you can watch Netflix as well on the plane. <laughs> You know, but then you'll know what the kid wants. You know, he might be like, I'm just staying home. I don't even really like traveling. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing. The kid might be like, I hate traveling. And dad's like, well, I'll I'll gladly give up my time with you so you can travel. Dad, tell her you don't want to do that. (laughs) Because I don't want to travel. He's like, okay, you know. Maybe ask your kid if he's even interested in any of this. And if he's not, then go enjoy your traveling with your husband. You know, he doesn't even <laughs> like you. Um, but yeah, I think we gave enough solutions. I don't think she should try to lure her child away with the promise of travel, though, because I think his relationship with the other parent is probably very important in his life. But yeah, when he is older, he can decide if he wants to go on longer trips. Sure. Um, and the way to do that is to, of course offer Turkish delight and other <laughs> wonderful treats. For they're not trip. going to Narnia. Yeah, they're going to Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish delight is very, very confusing. Like how on earth did the white witch, witch conjure in Narnia, which isn't in, on earth, mm-hmm. how did she conjure something from Turkey? <laughs> like it's a whole other place, yep. right? Like that seems a little bit... I don't know if C.S. Lewis... Maybe she spent some time in Turkey. Really? She came through the wardrobe. Well, you don't know. Flew off to Maybe Turkey. Maybe the wardrobe's not the only portal. Well, we, I think we it's very know ignorant it is because think. There's, a, there's a ship that they go through a painting one time. Obviously, there's different ways to get to Narnia. Yeah. But I've never seen any creatures described in Narnia here in this world. So I don't think it's ignorant. Cat. You haven't? You haven't heard of a lion before? <laughs> I, I have heard of a lion, but one that talks and sacrifices its life to save all of all the creatures, fawns and whatever else. Sorry, no. isn't there an entire religious movement that, dedicated to a lion that sacrificed its life to save others? That was a person, Jesus. Yeah, well, who is the lion of God? <laughs> oh, I guess that is a term, right? Uh-huh. Okay. C.S. Lewis was a hardcore Christian. No, I know it's an allegory, but... <laughs> I was saying, but I thought we were talking in literal terms. We didn't don't have a literal lion here that, <laughs> that sacrifices life on a round table. I'm um, sure if you asked people about Turkish history, they could at some point reference a very pale woman who had a particular <laughs> fondness for Turkish delight. This is absolutely delicious. I can't wait to bring it back to Narnia <laughs> and uh, have Edmund for Edmund. Um, anyway, no, I, I think that was a... a problem in the narrative how the hell do we get on this topic oh yeah luring the child away with turkish delight <laughs> right <laughs> like that was the departure that's his favorite treat okay so do we have another question yeah one more um dear i do and i don't my wife's brother moved in with us six months ago it was supposed to be very temporary Mm-mm. his girlfriend left him and he fell off the wagon Uh-oh. it was a really rough time for him and i was glad we could offer him a place while he got his life back together The problem is he isn't getting anything back together except the drinking. Enablers. He's going to meetings regularly, and we had to draw a hard line there because we have two young kids who he's very close to. I miss our privacy, and frankly, the guy is a slob. He's creating a lot of stress for my wife with the extra housework required, and a lot of that stress is coming my way. How can we get him off our couch and back into his own life? Yeah, your wife doesn't have to do all the housework. Jesus Christ. We taught these people nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Are you not that. listening to these episodes? Listen to another episode. Um, first of all, I think this has all the makings of a fabulous Netflix series. My Brother the Slob. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Well, maybe not. Get Off the Couch. I actually think it's told from the perspective of the brother on the couch. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where he thinks everything's cool, but then he has to learn 
that it's not cool. Mm-hmm. Is it a comedy? Yeah, it's a comedy. It's like a comedy, but there's... But it's like a touching comedy. The heart to yeah. it. The, the comedy t- with the dramedy. Dramedy. Is it more comedy or more drama? More comedy. Okay. Yeah. And told by the perspective of the brother. Like, he's so cool, but he's a, actually a loser. Well, he's had some struggles, for sure. And then he's... And then the he's put being... He's putting upon... I, I don't know how to word this. His, <laughs> his, his family is put upon by him. Yes, that's it. You got it. And, Except uh, for the kids who, thinks, who, oh, who think, think he's, he's just the best. Oh, yeah. Because he would be the antithesis to their biological dad in the Netflix series, right? So There's if their a, dad's kind of like uptight and, you know, a little rigid and right. like a breadwinner. And mm-hmm. then the the guy on the couch is like this bohemian uncle who just is still a child, basically. There is a show that mirrors this show, except they don't, he doesn't live with them. Mm-hmm. But he's still like a problem uncle. Problem uncle. That's a very And I think it's actually thing. called Uncle. That's it's a, a British oh, yeah? si- sitcom. Um, and the uncle is sort of a bit unhinged and certainly has his issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he learns how to be better because he takes care of his nephew. Um, but anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this isn't helping anyone. Fun show. Uh, so watch Uncle <laughs> yeah. and uh, enjoy Our that. Our advice is to turn your pain into a treatment for Netflix. All of you can make some money. Get writing. Your brother-in-law can get off the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, Collaborate as writing partners, maybe. Yeah, that'll give them something to do. So these people are enablers. Can we say that right away? It does sound like there's a risk that that might be the case. We don't want to judge them too harshly. I think they need to set a deadline for when he's got to be out, though. And why is he still drinking? He's not. It says that's the only thing he's gotten under control. What? Yeah. He isn't getting anything back together except for the drinking. Oh, well, then, okay, that's, that's half the battle. That's a huge step, That's right? great, yeah. Yeah. So that's good, but I thought that was the biggest problem. No, the problem is that he doesn't have a job yet. So He's still really content thing. to live on their couch. Uh, He's not really contributing in the house yeah. at all. Okay. Well, uh, that's, you got to tell him, I think that's a good idea, give him a... a expiry date Mm -hmm. is there plus also mention that you need help i would i would say that there yeah i i'm backtracking on the whole enabler thing i feel like if the alcoholism was still present that would be an enabling yeah for sure but with this it's no they said they had to take a hard line because they're they're enabling some laziness but not really the that's fine well that's good so um you're saying what was it Set a deadline. Set a deadline. For when he needs to be on his way. But also be clear that there are some expectations around yeah, yeah, helping yeah. with the household yeah. stuff. You can't just leave, have a mess everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this a bad idea to, like, sometimes it's like, hey, we know my friend Jim has a construction company and they always need guys to you know, mm-hmm. wheelbarrow concrete. Can you get, you know, Jim involved? No, Jim's the guy that owns the company. Can you get Carl to wheel some of this concrete and then you get him a, help get him a job? I think it's a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. However, this person has a history of messing up their working situations because of their struggles. 
you're kind of That's lame. what it said in the question? Well, it said he lost his job oh. and that he struggles with alcoholism. Oh, okay. I'm just jumping to conclusions straight up. Yeah, but, but, but so you're saying you don't want to damage the relationship with Jim. Yeah, like you don't know what's going to happen. Can you vouch for this guy that he's going to show up and be responsible? Yeah. I mean, you can well, tell he, Jim he, what the deal is and say like, listen, he needs another chance. Are you willing? He's got the drinking under control. Yeah, as for now. Oh, that's really cynical. You really, yeah, you don't have a lot of faith in this guy. Well, no, I don't even know him. I'm sure it will all be fine with the right support system in place. (laughs) He's going to AA, okay? Mm -hmm. That doesn't work for everybody, though. Why are you being so negative about Carl and his issues? <laughs> Carl? Is his name Carl? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not at all. Let him work for I, Jim, Kat. I wish him Relax. the best. I wish him the best with this fresh new start. I would say that if you know somebody that could, um, you know, give him some menial labor just to get him off the couch, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be responsible for a staff. You know why I said that, actually? Because I realized that wasn't a very positive thing to say. It but wasn't. the reason I said it is because it sounds like he's in AA because they put the screws to him and said, you can't live here with the kids unless you're in treatment. Right. And I know, because I have a history of alcoholism in my family, that you can't effectively be treated mm. if you're there under mm. duress. Mm. And if he didn't himself make the call to say, I need to fix this, I need to change, it's a lot less likely that the treatment will stick. Oh, my goodness. We so have, I'm not an asshole. We have a different answer. I'm not an asshole. We have a different answer here, which is you need to really get this person to understand that they need to want to need help. Is that (laughs) (laughs) the change has to come from them? Yeah. So, like, what is that? What does that look like, Kat? Because, like, at this point, they're they are sort of enabling Mm -hmm. something. They're pushing him into a situation, but how do we? make sure that this is a situation that he's going to, that's going to have legs. Yeah. Well, this is it. Like if he's going to meetings cause they said he has to, but he's like still not actively finding work or like taking care of his basic hygiene, let's say, mm-hmm. cause he's slovenly and a slob. Is that what he said? I think he's a yeah, slob. He's a r- yeah. Real so slob. like where, where, where's the change happening there? And there's some ingrained patterns that are still emerging. So I don't know, like how do they foster his wish to change and get better? I, I'm not sure. Well, he, does he have a wish to change and get better? They have a wish for they him. They have a wish for him, which is usually the case with families and addiction. The family wants to see things get better. So what, but what do they do? Do they say, just your hardline expiry date and say, figure it out, buddy. And by the way, if you leave the house and, you know, uh, find another girl to quickly move in with, um, you're going to fall into those other patterns if you don't truly buy that you need this help. Mm-hmm. Like, what's is that a conversation? I think they have? should have that conversation. To say, come on, you better be really believing in this or else nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, they have to, that's the kind of hard love you have to dose out in these cases. And then, you know, when the expiry date comes up, whether or not they're going to be able to follow through with asking him to leave is a totally other scenario. Like, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. Heart-wise. Yeah, because you feel like you're abandoning these people, but sometimes they need that extra push to say, like, this is is what you lose if you cannot be accountable and you cannot love yourself enough to make change happen. Wait till it's summer, though, because if he doesn't have anywhere to go, <laughs> it's like you're out on the street, and unfortunately, it's February. I think it stands to reason that they're going to try to facilitate 
this as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Like give him some options for work and give him some options for where he could live and like show him some treatments that are available beyond AA if that's not totally clicking. If I learned anything from like, well, probably when I watched these films in the uh, 90s, but they were probably films made in the 80s and 70s. You know, the best way to help somebody through uh, issues is to, and this is, there's so many movies like this. You got to take the hard line and uh, like force them to get up at five o'clock in the morning. So I work for you too. Like a boot camp. It's always boot camp. Get them up at five o'clock in the morning, get them working, get them digging in the mud. And when they start getting angry and cry, you yell at them and you say, no, you have to do this. And eventually, after like a few weeks, they are going to run away, but then you're going to find them and hug them and everyone's going to cry and you're going to bring them back and then they're going to get up again and it's going to change their lives. They're going to get themselves up at 5 a.m. Yeah, and they're they're going to be there smiling and, you know, drinking the the buttermilk that you cut serving them. (laughs) What's buttermilk? It's the grossest shit I've ever endured. And that's, this is happening in the 80s and eating this horrible porridge and then doing the work. And you're going to be like, we did it. We changed their life. The only thing that you said of value was mentioning physical activity. Oh, I thought you were going to say 80s movies. <laughs> yeah, that's Watch true. 80s movies. 80s They're movies super fun. are the best. And also, all of that fashion has returned somehow. But um, Get those short shorts on. Physical activity of fitness, discipline is such a powerful thing for people who struggle. You, you, you seem to be an uh, advocate for physical... Like getting out and and being physical for many different things mm-hmm. uh, when you're down and out. Yep. Uh, getting over anything. Yep. Just get out. And then if you want to connect with the great life force yep. that, that requires music, it some does. physical dancing. And in this case, you know, you're having a hard time do getting your life together. Go out and dig a hole. Dig a hole, work out, lift weights. Run. I got to tell you, I have a room in my basement which is just mostly dirt, and eventually I want it to be sort of a laundry room. Okay. But I need to underpin the foundation, so I need to dig it out and Mm -hmm. pour concrete in there. So if anyone's feeling down or (laughs) having a rough time, this brother-in-law, there's not a lot of money in it, but if they need to dig things and then wheel dirt, I got a I got a space for and it's tough because there's rocks in it. Wow! Like it's gonna be d- difficult to get that out of there, and some of it's like clay type stuff. Jesus, this is the worst. Come on down. Uh, I do and I don't show studios. <laughs> Make it sound like it means something. And this is a little therapy that I offer, which is digging, digging therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the underpinning part. Like I'll get I'll make the concrete. I'll mix the concrete. All you have to do is all this digging. Hmm. Um, and that could make you feel a lot better and it help could. you with your alcoholism. It could. A physical outlet is a necessary component of healing and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we answer that question? I think so. I think so too. If not, whatever. No, of you... course, his wife has to be on board with the plan as well because this is her brother they're talking about. Oh, right. That's her brother. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. his own brother. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully she's... Well, she's what? done with cleaning up after both of these yeah. assholes. So, <laughs> whoa! So all of a sudden, this this guy who wrote a very um, <laughs> well thought out question, 
is an asshole. That's interesting, Kat. I, I don't think I've once called one of our listeners an asshole, but okay. I know you've used the word idiot, though. Oh, there's so many idiots. That oh, I don't think you're an asshole. I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Sometimes that's not a nice thing to do. So, no, you're not an asshole. You're very thoughtful and careful. But honestly, why are you letting your wife do all the housework? Let's ask ourselves the real you're questions just, here. you got to be in your bonnet. Um, <laughs> I've got to be in my bonnet. But it's true. Um, do whatever we said. And <laughs> thank you for listening to another great episode of I Do and I Don't Show podcast show. Um, I've been Joel Van Vliet. And I've been Cat Skinner. Do you want to say that line? No, I love it when you talk on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry and, up, because I have to go and switch your loads over. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, beautiful, have a beautiful week. And contact us. I do and I don't show at gmail.com or on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And gmail. I do and I don't show. And uh, make sure that you keep smiling. Mm-hmm.